So it's on Second Avenue, and on no online it says it's open until midnight tonight. So it says closes 12 a.m. I walked a mile to get there, and there was scaffolding around the building, so there was construction going on. But there was no sign that said that it was closed long term. Both doors were locked. Nobody was in there. All the chairs were up. And, like, it is Friday in New York City. Like, there is absolutely no reason that this burger pie should have been closed. Welcome to episode two of Burger Fine, a podcast chronicling in real time our investigation into the mysterious and sudden closing of Burger Fi in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm your host, Zach Gelfan. And I'm Madeline Godin. What you just heard was our producer, Sam, who we sent to New York to find out what he could about another Burger Fi franchise. As you can see, he didn't get very far. But we realize that it's not just Ann Arbor facing the closures. It's happening all over the country, too. When you Google the words, why did BurgerFi close in, for example, the search engine autofills city names from all across the U.S. So to understand what happened in Ann Arbor, I think we need to take a step back to talk about BurgerFi in general. We need to have a sense of what this place is before moving forward. According to Wikipedia, BurgerFi is, quote, an American fast casual restaurant chain focused on hamburgers, french fries, hot dogs, and custard. The first location was opened in February 2011 in Lauderdale-by-the-Sea, Florida, inside a former Burger King, end quote. As of 2015, the chain had expanded to over 100 restaurants throughout the continental United States. When one of those burger fries opened in Denver, Colorado, the local news affiliate, Fox 31, went kind of insane over it. Hey, good morning, Brooklyn. Now, when I heard the name Burger Fi, I'm thinking Semper Fi. It looked like there's the, the logo, there's a burger with a star in it. I'm thinking, hey, that's an invasion star. But Sean Landrum, who, who was managing the joint here, says, nah, Dan, it has nothing to do with Semper Fi. It's Burger Fi. All right, tell me about Burger Fi, pal. Uh, Burger Fi, uh, upscale, urban, uh, quick serve style restaurants, serve beer and wine, some of the best burgers uh, onion rings you'll have in the city. And you got to have a lot of napkins because there's just a lot of grease flying around this you place, and I just say that in the best way. How you doing, fellas, back there? What's going on? And, it's our, and our special veggie burger. Burger Fi, Semper Fi, that's what I'm saying. Always faithful, always loyal. Mm, pilot to Bombardier, Pilot to Bombardier, we got to get some ketchup on the delicious. So yeah, people get pretty fired up about BurgerFi, but in trying to figure out more about its history, BurgerFi's website provides little in the way of additional information. Titled A Short History, the relevant About section mostly just lists off accolades. Fast Casual Magazine claimed that it was among the top 50 movers and shakers, FastCasual.com followed it up by calling BurgerFi one of the top brands of 2014, so we know BurgerFi was making moves nationally. But what about the founding of the Ann Arbor location? One of the earliest mentions of the Ann Arbor location is in a September 2013 MLive article titled, Coming Soon, BurgerFi Restaurant Plans October Opening on South University. At that time, there were only 30 BurgerFi locations in existence. The Ann Arbor location was soon to be the 31st. In the article, reporter Lizzie Alfs writes, quote, Franchise owners Evgeny Zhurhavlev and David Ward signed a lease in May, end quote. She also quotes assistant manager Heather Stein as saying, I'm so glad we're here, and I'm so glad we're on campus. 
The state of Michigan's business filing records showed that the launch of Ann Arbor's BurgerFi had been months in the making. On August 17, 2012, just over a year before MLive published its preview article, the Michigan Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs accepted the filing of a business called 5Z Restaurants, BurgerFi 1, LLC. It seemed like the paperwork was being handled mostly by attorney Gerald Beekelman, employed at Bodeman PLC, a law firm oddly headquartered on the sixth floor of Detroit's Ford Field. And yet the filing was also signed by none other than Evgeny Zhurhavlev, the man cited by MLive as an owner of the franchise. We also learned that it takes quite a bit of liquid capital to get a BurgerFi franchise location going, which gave us some hints about this mysterious Evgeny. According to the franchising section of their website, a prospective owner needs a minimum of $500,000 in liquid assets per store to be developed, as well as at least $1 million net worth per store to be developed. These funds can be accrued individually or through a business partnership. While we can't say we know exactly what that means, we do know that $1.5 million is a lot of money. Evgeny definitely needed to have access to means to get this going, but more on that later. This episode of Burger Find is brought to you by Belvita. When I came to college orientation, I didn't eat anything but Belvita and one single banana for three days straight. Disclaimer, Belvita did not reply to our request for sponsorship, but we wanted to shout them out anyway. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Act 2 of our program. So, after our pilot episode went live, the tips started rolling in. One tip, sent from an anonymous email from the user descending once while, read, a source, parentheses, former BurgerFi employee, end parentheses, told me the reason for the closing of the business was that owners were Russian and became scared after the election of Donald Trump. A phone call with our friend Danny Hensel thickened the plot even further. So a few days after BurgerFi closed, I was talking to someone about it, and they had heard a rumor that it was serving as a drug front, which I didn't think much of. Um, until a few days later, when I remembered that I think on the last time that I went there, which would have been a few weeks prior, I was ordering at the counter, and I stepped a little to the right, or to the left, rather, to face, to kind of cover the, the counter guy's view of the door, and he started, like, yelling at me. He was like, I need you to move back, move back, like, a little to the right. And I was like, okay. Uh, it was very strange. And then he went back to normal. And, you know, during the course of my ordering, I guess I moved a little to the left again, and it happened again. He, like, got really angry, and I had to move, you know, back to the right. It was it was very bizarre. I had never experienced that at any restaurant I'd ever been to. And I realized that I was blocking his view of the door. Do you think he needed to see the door for some reason? I guess so. I mean, I didn't think of it much, and... I just thought he was acting a little crazy. But once I thought that it might be a drug front, then the two kind of clicked together. At first, this information seemed to be all over the place. Who was this Evgeny? Was there a Russia connection? And where did the drugs come in? We weren't totally sure where to begin, so we decided to start locally. A four-lease sign in the window of the property listed a phone number for a real estate agent responsible for the property. So our producer Dominic tried to give him a call. It didn't go according to plan. 
Hi Randy, uh, this is Dominic uh, Bolsonelli. Uh, I was looking to inquire about the restaurant and retail property located at 1235 South University uh, in Ann Arbor. Um, specifically, we're curious about the status of the former tenant Burger Fi. Um, so if you could give us any information about that, I'd appreciate a call back. Uh, my cell phone number is 586-731. Fuck me. What is my cell phone number? I tried to rectify the situation with an email that read, Hi, my colleague Dominic just tried to give you a call and left a voicemail, but it seems like he might have gotten cut off before he provided a callback number. Sorry about that. We were hoping to speak with you about the status of BurgerFi, the former tenant of 1235 South University. As you probably know, BurgerFi closed without warning a year ago, though no additional information has been released about the closure since. We are working on finding out exactly what happened to BurgerFi, and we're wondering if you could shed any light on the closure. What happened, and why? Thanks so much in advance. Best, Zach Gelfand. Zach was able to speak to this real estate agent, Randall, whose first name we have changed and last name we have redacted for privacy, in his office last Friday, just before they closed for the day. He forgot to record, but told me about what he learned over the phone on the walk home. Hello? Hi, yeah, tell me what happened. Okay, so all five of us went to Randy's office for some reason. Uh-huh. And so I, they were they were on a second they were on the second floor. I went up there. Uh, I walked in to the secretary's office, realized that everyone else stood outside. Um and th- and then I asked her uh is here and available and she said, "Let me see. Uh, what's your name?" And I was like, "Zach, but I don't have an appointment or anything like that." And then um so she went over to Randy's office. And like poked her head in, and I heard them like murmuring, and then they both like laughed, um, probably about the, the the fact that there were five people in the lobby. Um, okay. One of one of whom was wearing pajama pants, and also that I have an alien on my shirt. And then Randy poked it like poked his head out of his office, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Zach. I emailed you." And then he came out of his office, and he was like, "Oh, really?" And I said, "We'd like to talk about the space at 12:35 South University." Uh, we're making a podcast, and many people are wondering what happened to BurgerFi. And he, he was, he was, so shocked. He, he was, he was so like, shocked. very visibly confused. Um, and okay. Then, and, then, and then he started talking, and he was like, look, uh, I just represent the landlord and the property owner. I don't really know anything, but I do know that what happened was there was a discrepancy between the franchisee and the franchisor. Oh, uh, shit. He, he said that a bunch of times. And he said sales were okay and that the closing probably wasn't related to sales. Because he was sure about that. Oh, my God. And most interestingly, he said the owner was a Russian guy who lived in Florida. He just says that there was a a local manager whose name he didn't remember but who was pretty good, who did all the day-to-day stuff. But this, quote, Russian guy uh, just funded the place. He had a lot of family money, and he funded the place. But like, so had nothing he's like really a Russian oligarch. We don't know. So now we know that Evgeny Zhurhavlev was Russian, and he was probably able to satisfy the hefty financial requirements of opening a burger fight franchise. Some basic background check research reveal that Evgeny currently resides at a Florida Ritz-Carlton. Online images reveal an interior that closely resembles Scarface's house. 
While we dug into the local backstory, we came closer to finding the mysterious frat boy that was brought to our attention last episode. There was a guy, um, he's in a fraternity, I don't know if he was in ZVT or Teak, but okay. his dad was like a CEO of like the Burger Fies. They are a chain, but that could be a lead. Wait, the CEO of Burger Fi, like national, like corporate? Our friend Natalie gave us some information that brought us one step closer to connecting all the dots. Hello? Hi, Natalie. Um... I'm wondering if you know anyone in the fraternities ZBT or Teak? I know kids in both fraternities, exactly. We're asking because we're trying to track down. Um, we got a tip um, during one of our random diet interviews that the CEO of, of Burger Fi Corporate um, might have a son at this university who is in one of those two fraternities. Um, so we're oh, trying to track down the boy. I wouldn't be surprised if it was cute. This episode of Burger Find was produced by Zachary Gelfand, Madeline Godin, Dominic Pulsinelli, and Sam Blunt. Executive produced by Robert Joseph. Written by Zach Gelfand, Madeline Godin, and Robert Joseph. Music by Zach Gelfand and Robert Joseph. Special thanks to Ryan Cox and Fallon Rower for their creative input and to Nikolai Yakshitz for his glorious vocal contributions. If you have any additional information regarding the closure of BurgerFi, please send us an email at B-U-R-G-E-R-F-I-N-D at umich.edu. That's BurgerFind at umich.edu. Or tweet us at BurgerFind underscore pod. That's B-U-R-G-E-R-F-I-N-D underscore P-O-D. See you next time.